Welcome into the arena, SiouxlandSportsInsider.com. Bob Rowe, Point After, North End Zone, and Westside Pizza High School Podcast. Uh, My name is Marty Millard. Um, Welcome in to our high school football discussion. I'm joined here by Mitch McCumber of Metro Sports and Jared DeGeorge, offensive coordinator of the Sioux City Bandits. And uh, guys, good week of football last week. It's starting to feel like football weather a little bit. Um, first day of fall, so let's let's get after it here. Uh, recap just a few games, and then we'll get into this week's schedule. JD, you had a, a chance to call uh, the Sioux City North game on Fox Sports Radio last Friday. Uh, you want to? Kind of give folks a recap of that game. Yeah, it was it was a good game. You know, uh, North and Helan came out, and uh, neither one had a very good first half. It, I think it was uh, ten to seven at halftime. But then North started beating on them, started leaning on them, and, and Helan already caught up. They utilized the run game for North. You know, Dayton Harrell had a great game. Um, Desmond Grace, you know, Dedrick Sullivan, they all played really well um, in the second half. Helan, yep. um, I didn't see much of an offense there. You know, they they run a wing tee. Um, I just don't know if they have the Stallions back there this year. But overall, it was a fun game to call, and uh, I got to see my buddy's kid play, and uh, yep. it was a good night overall. Good deal, good deal. And then uh, check in with Mitch over here. Um, I attended as well, but Mitch, you were down there on the field. Uh, Sergeant Bluff, uh, Sioux City East. Yeah, uh, well, 4-0 on the rivalry now. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go on that. Yep. And, uh, man, Sergeant Bluff, uh, that they if there was any debate on – who the better yeah. orange and black team was. Uh, Sergeant Buff settled that debate pretty handily yeah. early and often through that game. Uh, I just I, – there there wasn't a lot of offense that uh, really – and it all sputtered out for East. After, they got one touchdown drive, uh, touchdown by Brecken Shawshow. Uh, I think it was like a five, six-yard run. Yeah. Uh, sustained a really good drive. They moved the ball really well. And that was the only drive of the game where they moved the ball and didn't hurt themselves with penalties. Um, and just, you know, I would say ill-advised throws, uh, just different play calling. Sergeant Bluff came together with an insanely perfect game plan. Yeah, they really Played did. their good, uh, their, their style of football. And East just didn't have enough to, uh, to, to hold up with it. Now, the thing that we've talked about before is Sergeant Bluff being 3A and um, East being 4A or 5A with the, the districts that they have now mm-hmm. is the size. And Sergeant Bluff was like, we understand that you're probably going to be bigger than us, but speed kills. And Sergeant Bluff utilized that and were all over the ball on offense and defense during that game, and, and they proved it in their big win. Yeah, they did. They really looked sharp. And, uh, again, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you. I was impressed with the Sergeant Bluff game plan, uh, especially defensively, because I thought that East uh, may have been able to move the ball um, and have good balance on offense, and they weren't able to do either. Um you mentioned the one drive, and that's pretty much the only sustaining drive they had the entire evening. But a uh, uh, nice win by Sergeant Bluff. East has got to now rebound, um, hosting Ankeny Centennial uh, this Friday, and we'll get into that one shortly. But uh, one other game, just want to quick mention before we get into business here. Uh, OABCIG had their 28-game uh, win streak snapped uh, by Southeast Valley, a very good Southeast Valley team. Uh, 44 to 22. So um, for OABCIG, it's kind of adding, you know, back into the frying pan this week. Um, they're facing another ranked opponent 
in Spirit Lake, who's now number one in two-way at 4-0. So we'll touch on that game down the line here too. But uh, let's go ahead and kick things off for this week. Um, really good game. Uh, very, much, very interested in the outcome of this game. It's the Highway 20 trophy between 4-0 Woodbury Central, ranked number three in Class A, versus Lawton Bronson. Uh, Jason Garnan and his new staff are now even at 2-2 two two on the season. And Woodbury Central continues to, uh, you know, just pile up points. Uh, they defeated their last two opponents by a combined score of 82-21. to 21. Uh, Senior quarterback Dallas Plender. Um, 10 passing touchdowns for 817 yards, uh, completing 54 passes, 83 attempts, 65%. So um, that's going to win you some ball games. And uh, Mitch, uh, you've talked about the Belial kids a little bit too. Uh, Why don't you add add to the discussion here on on their success on the offensive side? Yeah, it's hard enough to guard one Belial, but when you have two of them on the offensive side, it's even more hard to guard them. Um, And they play really well together. I mean, obviously being twin brothers, uh, they have that chemistry. Um, A lot of their schemes in in running plays will be um, more screen plays where one will block for the other. Um, but they've accumulated, uh, you know, Carter a little bit more on the offensive side with uh, 369 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but altogether, uh, for the entire offensive unit, I mean, they have Max McGill, who's rushed for 451 yards and four touchdowns. They're super balanced in, in what they do, and their identity has been the same from game one, and they haven't yeah. switched it yet. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're going to come into a little bit of a, a – you know, I, I wouldn't say that it's more of a trap game because this is a rivalry game and everyone – um, you know, this is one that they mark on their calendars, whether they, if they knew that they were going to have a win all year, if they thought they were going to go undefeated all year. Exactly. Um, and this game's going to be this game's gonna be a tough one. It's going to be a battle of a lot of the farm kids. And, you know, I, I like what Lawton Bronson brings, you know, on the defensive side especially. They got uh, Brock Mitchell and Matt Peters. And Matt Peters is all over that Lawton Bronson um, mold, kicking, uh, you know, playing on offense and defense. But they have 25 and a half tackles apiece. And both of them have 18 solo tackles on defense. They are all over the place. Um, they're going to be awfully busy. Yeah. Come Friday, trying to guard the two twins, and then that's a well-balanced attack on offense with Clunder and McGill in the backfield. So it should be a good game to watch. I'm really, I'm really uh, excited to see who brings home that trophy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think for Lawton, you know, the angle on Lawton Bronson is are they going to be able to get some penetration? into that offensive backfield of Woodbury Central. And uh, J.D., um, bring you into the mix here. Quarterback Dallas Clunder, obviously he's got some great numbers here. What's a way that, you know, defensively, uh, head coach Jason Garnan and Lawton Bronson might want to attack? You know, it looks like the kid's completing a lot of passes. You know, great passing percentage right there. As Mitch mentioned, 10 passing touchdowns, 13 um, 13 total touchdowns. You know, a way to, a way to stop him is is to probably run a 4-4, I would say, maybe a, even a, a 4-3 with bringing a cover two. We're seeing a lot of cover two in the NFL this year. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Yep. Um, they're in, And they're giving up running plays. So they need to come down in the box. They've got to pick their poison because you're right, the Blyle kids are awesome. You know, and then and Luke Peterson's got 140 yards rushing. So they're, they have a balanced, balanced attack, you know, and the Bly boys, I mean, I love the fact that they're twins. They probably think alike. They probably yeah. do it. I mean, everything they yep. do, they, we, they eat, sleep, and play football together, you know, so that's awesome to see. Um, as far as Dallas, stay calm, stay calm in the pocket. I love what Lawton Bronson is doing as well. 
Jason Garnett's a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm seeing his son. Caleb's having a good year with five touchdowns, 169 yards um, receiving. So it's going to be a good game, you know. And you can in these games, these rival games, as we all know, you can throw the records throw the out records the door. Out, yeah. This is all about pride. This is me versus you. This is getting down the trenches and you know and, and knocking heads. So it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Yeah, it should be should be a heck of a game. We'll uh, we'll give our prediction on this game uh, at the end of our uh, podcast here. Uh, moving on, uh, next game we'd like to discuss is uh, Sioux Center. Um, Traveling over to Sergeant Bluff, um, Sioux Center comes in at two and two, and Sergeant Bluff ranked number eight this week in the 3A poll homecoming over at Sergeant Bluff, Mitch. And you know we we talked about you know how good they they looked against East, and I was I was really impressed with uh, quarterback Tyler Smith. He threw some nice balls there, and Shankelberg. Um, I mean, if it's anywhere near him. He's got a catch radius on him. I looked it up, and he's, you know, he's 5'11", 180 or 185. But he looks, he looks taller than that. Um, but I think he's got a nice reach to him. Sticky hands. I mean, he'll come up with anything. Uh, dive for a pass. Um, he'll try and one-hand it, too. So uh, very fun team to watch play. Their offense was clicking against East. They got out of the box right away. Yeah, this is a tough task for Sioux Center, Mitch. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, and talking about uh, Schickelberg, you know, I think that, you know, he could possibly transcend his game into the next level. He'll be a little bit smaller of, of a slot receiver. But as you mentioned, literally, I, I you might have had the refs go over there to check, stick him on his hands. Anything that was thrown <laughs> to him, he was catching. Um, he's made play after play for this offense. Um, and, you know, Tyler Smith has bought into that. He, he knows he has a reliable target other than the normal targets he had on offense. You know, this is kind of a, an unsung hero people didn't really know about or count on uh, when the season started. And to give him another weapon to, to throw to, that's, that's just more fuel to the fire. This offense yeah. is already clicking as it was. Um, going into Sioux Center's bowl, they really have – um, similar numbers. Now, I'm not going to say that they play the same styles, uh, but right. on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they they have five fumble recoveries, two interceptions. Both have been taken back for touchdowns on the defensive side, whereas Sergeant Bluff has four fumble recoveries and two picks. Um, none of them turned into touchdowns, just uh, basically giving their offense more drives. Um, that's going to be the huge thing here. Um, you know, Tyler didn't play a f- foolproof game against East. He played really well, um, but there's a couple things I know he would probably admit to that he wants to clean up. If uh, if Sioux Center has a chance in this game, they're going to have to get underneath his skin and force Sergeant Bluff to make an error where they don't normally make errors. They're a very well-sound and well-rounded team, um, but for them to, to come out, they're going to have to do... Um, they're going to have to knock Sergeant Bluff off, off their, their, their pedestal that they're on right now. And Sergeant Bluff's got to feel really good coming off that East game, too. They played really well. They dominated from the opening kick to the final whistle. Um, but I'm really impressed with what I see out of Sioux Center um, and their quarterback, uh, Zach Rosenboom, thrown for 664 yards, six touchdowns. Does have three picks, um, but, I mean, we'll look over that. Um, and then he also has right around 200 rushing yards. So he is a, a dynamic, also dual threat, as Tyler Smith is too. Um, I just look for in this game, it's going to be who makes the fewest mistakes. And now I will think that Sergeant Bluff coming off of the game we talked about before with Harlan really putting them themselves into a, I need to check and see what we need to do. 
uh, really help them. Sioux Center has had two tough games too. I mean, their schedule is just as hard as anyone's. Yeah. Uh, they played a, a juggernaut of a first schedule. So even though their record is two and two, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this th- it's going to be the matchup of the Warriors. But uh, I, I think that Sioux Center it, can come in and give Sergeant Bluff just as good a shot as anyone, it, it, as long as they get Sergeant Bluff rattled and get in get the turnover battle going in their direction. Yeah, that's true. And, and JD, I'm going to defer you, but uh, before I do, um, one thing is Sioux Center does does not want to get into a firefight here with Sergeant Bluff. They've Sioux Center scored 54 points over the course of their first four games. So. Uh, Sergeant Bluff, if they get off to a quick start, J.D., it might be tough sledding to, to get back in it. Yeah, you, you know, you look at this game, and Sergeant Bluff comes off a huge win last week against East, which was awesome to see because they went into Harlan. You were going to see if they were going to lay an egg against East or not, and they came out tough. Coach Smith had a great game plan. You know, Tyler Smith is a phenomenal football player. I haven't seen him play yet, but just looking at his numbers, he's a dual yeah. threat. He's got great Jacob Emming, Hamilton, all those guys. Mm-hmm. One thing that does does concern me is nine points a game. Sioux Center is averaging, you know. So if, if Sioux Sergeant Bluff comes out and stays with their game plan like they did last week, I think this game might get ugly, guys. Yeah, it, it, it very well could. Um, and just one more, one more quick note on Sergeant Bluff is – um, just the play of uh, senior Caden Smith, 22 and a half tackles. And uh, there's another kid that I really, really like is J.D. Dixon um, for the Warriors. He's a heck of a football player too. So, you know, I, I know we uh, – I like to try and mention as many names as possible. And those kids were all, all over the field last Friday night and really, really impacted the game and, and the outcome of the game. So yeah. um, we'll, uh, we'll give a pick on this one at – at the end of the podcast and moving forward here we're going to go ahead and touch on uh, Ankeny Centennial um, at two and two coming into town to face Sioux City East now three and one and uh, Mitch uh, what what can folks uh, expect to see out of Ankeny Centennial? Well uh, Centennial is coming off of a pretty ugly loss to Cedar Falls last week uh, they they didn't pass the ball well um, and you know, really passing um, isn't really in their mo. They've they really are a run dominant team. Uh, they rest for right around 326 and thrown for 646. So they've doubled up on their um, receiving our their rushing yards and they have their passing yards. And last week they they really when they tried to throw the ball, it was a recipe for disaster. They were four of 12 for 39 yards and two picks. Yeah. Um, so. For Cedar, or for, excuse me, for Ankeny Centennial to have success against East, um, you're not going to want to just abandon the passing game because then East is going to put everyone in the box and be like, all right, go ahead and run it on us. Right. So you're going to have to find that well balanced and have trust in your quarterback uh, to, to throw. And, you know, it, it might be a couple bubble screens here and there. It might be a couple quick slants just to get him in a, in a rhythm. Um, but you don't want to just completely abandon the passing game because it didn't work for you last week because there's a chance that it can work this week. Now, going on to the Sioux City East side, we talked about how Sergeant Bluff really demolished and handled um, every like gut punch and blow that East were to provide. They had that one scoring drive where they looked really good on, but other than that, uh, you know, you threw for 177 yards and rushed for 97. We're not. You're not going to beat most teams when you can't eclipse 200 yards in either of those two categories. Um, but I like the the receiving uh, aspect of it for for East. Um, they're pretty well 
balance on the offensive side. I want to see how Luke Longball responds. Uh, right. You know, this is his, really his first game this year where he didn't have the best game. Um, there are a couple of reads that he made, a couple of throws that he had that he wished he probably had back. Right. Um, didn't throw a pick. They didn't turn the ball over against Sergeant Bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, through the air, as uh, that is. Um, they fumbled the ball a couple of times. But uh, just to see how he and the team responds. You know, this is... If if you were to go in into the Sergeant Bluff game and you were to lose a close one, 35-38, you know, you kind of can be like, all right, I'm happy with the performance, but we understand that Sergeant Bluff played a little bit better of a game plan, had the ball later, you know, kicked a field goal late, just and we just ran out of time. Yeah. But uh, to honestly get embarrassed at Sergeant Bluff yeah. really is going to turn this whole season around for East, and it's going to depend on how they come back and play against Ankeny Centennial. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Luke's going to have probably one of the better bounce-back games that he's had at East. Um, and I look for a big day out of Jones and Jacobson, the two Js for, for Sioux City East. I think it's going to yeah. be a really hard-fought game, and it's, uh, this one's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, one thing that jumped at me when I looked at this game was, you know, Tyler Smith and Shankelberg um, on that East secondary last Friday night. It was kind of an aerial circus, and I'm looking at Ankeny Centennial. Their longest completed pass is 32 yards. And their quarterback, 23 of 46, Peyton Good, um, 294 yards and two touchdowns. So obviously it's a run-oriented offense. So that's going to allow – it'll look a lot different to East than what they faced the balance of Sergeant Bluff last week with, you know, Emin coming out of the backfield or Shankleberg taking you deep or Hamilton underneath. Um, so, uh, I, I do like East chances here. I really do. I happen to notice, uh, Ankeny Centennial, um, they scored just 21 second half points this year. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a thing East sticks in there and, uh, you know, you, you never know. Um, uh, Ankeny Centennial is only averaging 20 points a game on offense and they punted the ball four times, um, for 81 yards, uh, last week. I don't know if... The wind was blowing or whatnot, so uh, I looked a little bit deeper, and they've had some issues with the punt game. So maybe East can find some some hidden yardage there. But uh, turn to Jared here, our resident quarterback, and on the topic of Luke Longval, what what are you looking to do? You have a tough game. You're coming off a road game at Sergeant Bluff that was difficult. How does he bounce back, and how does that mindset start? You know, this is going to be a good contest for Luke. You know, it, you guys talk about his bounce back game, and this is a perfect game for him to bounce back. You know, this is a game that they can win if they play well. But they, you know, but Sergeant Bluff did expose East in a lot of different ways. So Centennial has some great film, I'm sure. Yep. You know, but I'm really excited to see how Longball comes out. You know, and you talk about the two the two Js, or you know, those receivers are still good. When we came out in the first podcast, second podcast. All we talked about was how good East is going to be. Yeah. Now they had one slip up, and now we're now we're flushing down the toilet. So this is a good game for them to come back. They can beat a respectable team in Des Moines, yeah, in or in Ankeny, wherever it is. Um, yep. But this is a game where they, they 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 can win if they come back and play hard. Exactly. Yeah, I I think it's a great opportunity at home, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, they're able to capitalize on it. Um, next game uh, moving towards is we're going to talk about. Uh, 2A battle, number one, Spirit Lake, 4-0. This is going to be a good one, boys. going to be a good one. going to be a good one. Heading to uh, OABCIG Friday night to take on number four, uh, Falcons. Uh, the Falcons had their 28-game win streak snapped, uh, which included two state titles, 
um, you know, orchestrated by none other than Cooper DeGene. Um, so, but now Beckett DeGene's taken over. Um, Spirit, Spirit Lake Mitch presents a formidable challenge here. And, uh, you know, I, you'd have to go back a long ways to look and see when OABCIG had dropped two games in a row, you know. It's, it's been quite some time. So I expect a spirited effort here at home out of them. Right. Friday is a great day to start another streak. Uh, for OABCIG, Spirit Lake, you know, I mean, if you if you w- were to put two games back-to-back, though, that OABCIG had a chance to lose, it would be Southeast Valley and Spirit Lake. Uh, Spirit Lake's a team that seems to, to flip-flop on classes every year. Like, they win a title, and then they'll come back um, a- after a couple of years and then win another one. And, but this game's going to be insanely good. Um, I like Spirit Lakes. Uh, they have a, a stud on the defensive side, Zach Jensen. Uh, he's got 27 and a half tackles yeah. and five tackles for loss. He is all over the ball. Um, he and uh, Becca DeGene, I got a feeling, are going to see a lot of each other on Friday. Um, with that being said, you know, this Spirit Lake team airs the ball out really well. Now, um, OABCIG has done the, the same. They've almost thrown for 1,000 yards. Beckett has 11 touchdowns to one pick, and he's also rushed for 183 touchdowns. Him in his own case is having a high school Heisman-type moment. Yeah. Um, but th- this Spear Lake team, you know, they thrown for 750 yards, nine touchdowns, four picks. Um, they run the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the, the equal balance of like how we like to talk about um, and the, the same kind of offense that Southeast Valley ran, really, uh, against them. So it'll be interesting to see what pieces OABCIG picked apart. Um, we talked a lot about the Sergeant Buff loss to Harlan. Yeah. With the pieces they picked apart and good went back, looked at film, went, okay, this coverage isn't going to work here. We need to put uh, – you maybe shift a guy over. Maybe we need to run, you know, a, a 4-4. Um, maybe we need to do something a little bit different on offense to to get the 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 ball moving. But anywhere here, like this this game is going to be the game that we cover throughout here that's going to score the most points. This game is going to light up the scoreboard, and I'm super excited to see it. Um, OABCIG just needs to build on what they did against Southeast Valley. They had 47 rushing yards and 222 passing yards. I don't think I've ever heard of OABCIG being under a 300 yards total in offense, yeah. let alone one player being under, you know, like like where a quarterback would have just 300 yards by himself. Um, the defense for OABCIG has six interceptions and three fumbles. So they're ball, you know, they're ball oriented. They're, they're going to see ball, take ball. Yep. Um, and Spirit Lake does, is the same way. They're, they're very – good at uh, controlling the, the tempo of the game. I think this game is going to be a absolute dogfight, and I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You got Spirit Lake checks in averaging 37.5 points a game, and uh, the Falcons check in averaging 36.5. So, um, J.D., I'm going to turn to you on this one. Um, junior running back Griffin Dearson for the Falcons – um, 44 carries, 302 yards, 6.9 yards per carry. If if you're OABCIG, are you looking to get that running game balance going offensively um, so that 
you know, you aren't three and out all the time. There. Right. Yeah. And you, you think about that. And I think this game's going to be one up with the lineman up front. You know, you got mm-hmm. two stellar quarterbacks, one's thrown for 11 touchdowns, one thrown for nine. Yep. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard the, the gene boys, how many kids they have. Holy moly. <laughs> you know, but this is going to be a great game. You know, you mentioned one's averaging 37 and a half points a game. One's 36. This yeah. has all the makings to be a great, great game. And, you know, with these two quarterbacks and, and, and everybody else under the sun there, it's it's going to be something to see. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And it appears as though both quarterbacks take good care of the football too. I mean, Beckett DeGene's got 11 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. And uh, the quarterback, uh, Riley Reynolds for Spirit Lake, uh, nine touchdown passes, and then he also has added four rushing touchdowns. And he's taking care of the ball. I don't see yeah, any. I don't exactly. see any fumbles. I don't see right. any picks. Yeah, exactly. This so, game could go with a turnover. Yeah, and it, and it might be who has the ball last. Exactly. Yeah, very well could be. Um, another game we're going to check into here real quick. Uh, Sioux City North moves to three and one with. Breaking a drought um, against Bishop Heelan here in town, winning 27-10 to 10, uh, last week. And, J.D., you had the opportunity to call this game on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, what was your take from the game, and what's your expectation of North as they head to 2-2 two and two Ames here this Friday night? You know, North, North needs to continue to work on their offense. You know, um, they've got two good running backs like we talked about earlier. Strobin's got to be a little more consistent. He's 20 of 41 for 364 passes. It's hard to believe they've only thrown the ball four, 41 times when they have a guy like Desmond Grace, yeah. you know, that can, uh, is an absolute playmaker. Um, going into Ames, they, it's going to be a tough game for them. You know, that there's – there's no weeks off anymore for Sioux City North. And, you know, coming in with a 3-1 record is great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now you're playing big boys. So yeah. we're going to yeah. really see what these kids are made of. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, you know, I, in my research, I saw that, uh, you know, Ames starts two freshman running backs. So, or it's a rotation. But, I mean, the ball's been evenly distributed between them. Uh, Jamison Poe, 58 carries for 372 yards. 6.4 yards a carry. Um, and then his freshman buddy, Deshaun Long, 47 carries, 180 yards, uh, 3.8 yards per carry, and he's got three touchdowns. So um, should be a heck of a ball game over in Ames. And uh, what what do you think North has to do to come away with a win there? Yeah, definitely. First off, how scary was that eighth-grade team last year yeah. for Ames with <laughs> no those tell. two running backs? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, for, for North, you know, you just got to build off your what, what's worked so far and, and off your wins. Um, I would like to see a lot more through the air. Uh, 364 yards through four games isn't going to cut it. Uh, you're not even averaging 100 yards through the air through the game. And it's not that uh, their, their offense is out of dual threat because Carson can run the ball. Um, and he's not afraid to put his shoulder down. Mm-hmm. But if, if you want to make the defense honest – you're not going to run it every single play. And you're going to need to air the ball out. Maybe you disguise a couple runs early um, that sets up a play action. You know, if Carson roll out, Desmond Grace finds himself 25 yards downfield with him one-on-one with the safety. I think the North likes that their odds there. Um, it's just going to have to be a well-played game because, as we talked about, North goes into a absolute gauntlet of a schedule now. They play Ames. Waukee, Johnston, West, and then um, AL for their last uh, remainder of their games. So it's it's going to be a, a lot like you've seen um, when they got, the people are going to study the film 
against the game that they played against East. Right. And figure out what East did to manipulate their defense, to get a, a, to, to them on offense. Um, really, a lot of it's going to – because it's going to depend on the line. Because if, if the line can't block for you, can't run. If the line can't block for you, Carson's going to be on his back or trying to make plays happen in the entire game. So if this north offensive line holds up, plays smart football, don't get into third and longs, you know, you manage the ball, run it for three, four yards on first down, pass on second down. And and if you're equally balanced, I like North's chances in this game. Now, Ames is very persistent on what they do. They have a really good quarterback. He's thrown for 878 yards and five touchdowns. He's also thrown seven picks, um, and he, uh, the only rushing yards I think he has, uh, he got sacked a couple times and t- done some kneel downs. So he is a pocket passer. Yeah. So if you're Norse defense, pin your ears back. Because yep. you know that they have freshman running backs that are, that are good and that are going to play and get them production. But if you can limit them and you can force their quarterback to have to roll out, to have to get him uncomfortable and not just sit back in the pocket and wait for his receivers to get open – I like North's chances a lot. And, that, and that's exactly right, because with a pocket passer, and I know because that's what I was, you know, if I got uncomfortable, I, I start making bad decisions, throwing across my body and, mm-hmm. and, and, and throwing picks. And if, if North can do that and gets, gets, get him uncomfortable in the pocket, this game could be good. Yeah, could be a good one. Good. Uh, let's go ahead and go through our, uh, our picks and projections here. Uh, we'll start out at the top where we let off uh, Woodbury Central at Lawton Bronson. J.D., what you got on this one? Oh, man, I, I hate going against my boy Garnan over there, but Woodbury Central is just playing so great with that, that Dallas quarterback with 10 passing touchdowns. I, I've got to go with Woodbury Central. I'm sorry, Garnan. It's going to be 28-10. to 10. All right. And uh, I'll go ahead and throw my pick in. Uh, you know, heck of a game. Uh, the Highway 20 trophy, so that's fun. I, I like – I like trophy games, rival games, um, and Woodbury Central's got it clicking right now. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 35 to 21 Woodbury Central um, will be my pick. Uh, I, I, crazily enough, I have Matt Peters scoring two touchdowns and um, Isaiah Ashley scoring a touchdown giving Lawton Bronson 21, mm-hmm. and I have Woodbury Central scoring 35. I have the same exact <laughs> score, so great minds think alike. I think – Woodbury Central's offense is just too much to, for Lawton Bronson to stop. I think it's going to be closer just because it is a rivalry game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't some some bad words and some bloodshed in this game, though. It's going to be really physical, and it's going to be a good one to watch. So when you guys pick your teams, like, do you guys cuddle together and stuff? I, 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 when he said that, I was like, there's no way that you pick the same exact – if you pick the same score as Sergeant Buff, you're cheating off my notes. Yeah. <laughs> No, I did my own research. Morning snuggles. That's, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> like he said, great minds think alike, so I'm going to go with that. All right. Um, uh, heading over to uh, Sergeant Bluff Sioux Center, 2-2 uh, two and two at Sergeant Bluff 3-1. and one. Uh, J.D., what's your take on this I one? just I don't like this game for Sioux Center. I love yeah. the community. I love the place. I love Dairy Queen out there in Sioux Center, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what, Sergeant Bluff is playing great football right now. Yeah. I, I, I am convinced that they're going to keep rolling going into this game, and it's going to be a big one. 42 to 17. Yeah, yeah. I I as well like Sergeant Bluff. What about you two boys? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm coming at you. Um, Sergeant Bluff, I've I've got them winning this game 45 to 10. I think they're going to get on top early, and then uh, uh, punish them in the running game between the tackles and just kind of 
grind the clock out. They, they just have too it, many it stats. Will, it will, they do, they do. They got too much, and the clock will be running at some point. So um, that's my projection there. Mitch, what do you have? Uh, so my original projection was to have Sergeant Bluff double up on Sioux Center 42-21. Um, I'm kind of going out of that now. I, I, I don't think this game is going to be as close. Um, I'll give Sioux Center two touchdowns. I'll go 42-14. Um, Sergeant Bluff just is – so well coached. The offense is just a well-oiled machine. Their defense plays extremely fast. It's just hard for any team coming in, especially if this game's at Sioux Center, it's totally different. But going into Sergeant Bluff, the atmosphere last weekend was insane. It's homecoming weekend. These kids have a little bit more to play for this week. Uh, I think Sergeant Bluff handles business easy. And this this Sergeant Bluff team so it is seems like they're clicking, but more importantly, it seems like they're having fun. They all have yeah. each other's back, and they're playing well together. And man, those three studs are awesome. Yeah, you can when you watch them play, you can tell it's a brotherhood. They're tight knit, and I I'm just impressed with with the whole program as a whole. And they've got some fantastic assistant coaches on staff there as well. Um, checking in with uh, Ankeny Centennial, two and two, at Sioux City East. Um, here's here's the game. I I really think just due to the fact that Ankeny does not throw the ball that well, that e- this presents East with an opportunity here. So, you know, I'm going to go against judge and jury maybe by, you know, um, whatever political opinion is, outside public opinion. But I'm going to go ahead and grab East at home here. Um, I like East 28 and Ankeny Centennial 21. Mitch? Yeah, so I think East is definitely going to score more points than they scored last week. They're going to have to. Uh, you know, it's just the offense just has to get it clicking. I think Coach Webb is going to get it get it rolling. Um, you know, I, I expect a better game out of long ball, as I said earlier. I think East um, scores 35 points. Um, the only thing is I think Centennial scores 38. I have East falling uh, another game to Centennial. I think just the, the – although they don't have a potent passing attack – they showed how vulnerable they were, and I think they're going to Centennial is going to come out, run the ball a couple times. They'll adjust in the second half, Eastwell, and then there will be a couple plays where they'll they'll suck in the linebackers, suck in the safeties and corners, and they'll have a guy open, and it'll take my grandma to throw it <laughs> open because the guy will be that open, and that'll be the 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 judging factor will be a late touchdown or field goal, and I got an Ankeny spoiling a game at Sioux City East. You know, this is going to be a fun game like we talked about earlier. You know, Ankeny's a good football team at 2-2, two and two, um, but you're right. They do not throw the ball. So this game's going to be relied on with the, with those uh, Brady Wavernecks and the defensive side. Um, I do think I do think East plays a better game, but I'm with you. I think I think um, Centennial, they have they have a lot. I mean, they're playing Waukees and Indianolas and things like that. They're not playing the, you know, in-town rivals. So – I think Ankeny's going to win this game. I think it's going to be 42-35. All right, good deal. Uh, moving on, uh, Spirit Lake again, as we mentioned, 4-0, ranked number one in 2A, uh, traveling over to OABCIG, 3-1 coming off that loss, breaking uh, their 28-game win streak. I'm going to go ahead and take the Falcons at home here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab uh, Beckett, DeGene, and company. Uh, 35 to 31. All right. Restart the streak, baby. Restart the streak. <laughs> uh, I have OABCIG winning at home, too. I think they're going to put a two-touchdown lead on uh, Spear Lake. All right, Spear Lake scoring 38. 
OABCIG, 52, high-scoring game in this one. Wow, that's oh, a good wow. pick right there. there. You, you know, I like I like the kids. I like the Gene kids. You know, Spirit Lake's going to be great. This is going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. Nine passing touchdowns for one, 11 for the other one. But I have to go with you. They're playing at home. I, I'm going to take O-C-B-C-I-G-A-B-C-D-I. Um, that suit, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun game. I'm, I'm going to go 35-31. All right, sounds good. Um, check in our, our last game. We're going to give a prediction on here. Sioux City North three and one headed over to Ames. Uh, this is an opportunity for North guys. It really is. And uh, you know Ames uh, turnover margin. Um, they're at minus three right now with their quarterback having thrown seven interceptions on the season. Uh, which could give North a chance. I'm just I'm having trouble trusting North's offense. Um, so uh, they're averaging 18 points a game on offense, um, uh, but they've only allowed 15 points per game. But East uh, tacked a 54 spot on the board. So they face some run-oriented teams similar to Ames, but I just think that uh, Ames eventually will find a way to pull this one out, and I like them uh, at home here, 28 to 14 over Sioux City North. Mitch? Yeah, long bus ride there to Ames, about two and a half, three hours. Uh, and I, I'm predicting a long bus ride home. I think Ames just has too much uh, with you, as you're saying, with running the ball. Um, I'll give them a 21-point swing. I'll go Ames 35, uh, North 14. I think it might be Ames homecoming too. Uh, just it's a, it's a tough game for, for North to start the, the hard schedule they have. Um, they're not going to be looking ahead to any games because the biggest game is going to be the game right in front of them. Yep. Um, I, I would like to see improvement in their, the passing game in the offense. If this game can be a lot closer than I'm predicting, though, because they, if they force Ames to throw the ball and get them in turnover situations, limit the field to where if, even if they have to run it, they're in short yardage situations to score, get field goals, anything like that. Um, they got Jack Lloyd, want to be one of the best kickers yeah. in all of Iowa. Um, so anytime they're in field goal range, they're definitely in field goal range. Um, and have Ames play sloppy football at home. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm sure Ames is looking at the record and be going, ah, we've handled all these two C teams before. We'll handle them yeah. again. Go in and surprise them. Yeah. Make this a game. Yeah. Make this a game, and then rely on your, you know, your more experienced, your seniors, um, and, and your your junior quarterback. To, to lead you to a victory. I wouldn't I would I'm gonna predict Ames, but I would not be surprised if somehow East goes down, plays really good football and comes back with the or North, excuse me, and comes back with a win. JD? Yeah, as much as I love the North squad, I love all the kids over there, you know, um I just I think Ames has played better football against better opponents. Um again, they're only North's only averaging 18 points a game. They've got to change up the offense a little bit. Like you talked about earlier, they've got to go to the play action. Everybody knows in the stadium they're going to run the ball, and, you, and you're not utilizing Desmond Grace, I feel, the way he needs to be used. If North can come out and, and switch it up a little bit, I think it will be a game. But I, as much as I hate to say this, guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to go Ames right now. and I think it's not going to really be that close, unfortunately. I think it's going to be 28-10. All right, there you have it. Uh Next week, uh, week five uh, coming up next week. Um, so looking forward to uh, the discussion on all the games next week. Actually, week six, I'm sorry. 
Um, made a mistake there. But uh, looking forward to everything. Uh, recapping everything next week with you guys. Thanks to Bob Rose Point After and Westside Pizza and the North End Zone for Jared to Georgia and Mitch McCumber. I'm Marty Millard. Thanks for listening.